influence, noun, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. We've just launched a new service line at Work Wisdom called Influence, and today on The Behaviorist, we'll dive into why influence matters to you and how you can be a positive influence through your own behavior. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Kedrin Crosby. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. We're grateful to have Sarah Colantonio from the Work Wisdom team joining us. Hi, honey. Hello. <laughs> So Sarah, why is influence important? And why is influence especially important for people who are using their work lives to try to change the world in big or even small ways? I think it's important because we as human beings have been interested in it for so long. And if we're trying to do good, if that's our goal, then it makes it more exponentially effective if we're impacting more people. So if we have influence, we're able to do that. And so I think that's a big part of it. And uh, like I said, the curiosity part of it too is just we, we're interested in that as human beings. How do we impact one another? How do we, how do we persuade one another to believe or uh, behave in particular ways. I relate to the impact part, especially that idea of becoming a multiplier. Right. You know, if 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 there's one person and they're influential, um, they can have so much greater ripple right. effect in the yeah. world than than someone who decides not to use their influence or decides yeah. not to learn about how to be influential. Yeah. It's funny, and we've not really talked about this before, but influence almost has a negative connotation, like yeah. you're going to use it for bad. Right. <laughs> Those are the times when we think of it. Yeah, we talked about this earlier, and you were saying there's so much negative influence out there, and we can we can do it for good. We can We can have a positive influence, too. And there's many instances in history, too, where we had, as human beings, positive, a positive influence on, on particular movements, and, and that's good. So it can be used, yes, it's like fire. It can burn your house down, or it can heat your house. It depends on yeah. how you use it, for sure. Yeah, well, it makes me think it's worth knowing the science of it. Sure, um, yes. maybe Maybe even as a counterweight, to the negative influence yeah. that might be out there. So I'm an adjunct professor, professor in my spare time, and my students have really loved learning about Raven and French's research on the six types of power. Coercive power, reward power, legitimate power, expert power, informational power, and referent power. Mm -hmm. 
I've personally started believing that referent power is the most influential kind of power to develop, especially in this era of, mm-hmm. of disruption, uh, obsession with social media. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about referent power. What do you think? So referent power is is all about the person wielding that power, their attractiveness. And, and attractiveness, it doesn't mean you have to be good looking, really. It's not about that. It's about your magnetism, your charisma. And there's something fascinating about referent power because it's probably one of those types of, of things where we're drawn to that person with, we don't think too much about it. We don't think concretely, oh, they possess this trait, so I like them. It's just, it feels like this pull that we don't really consider too much. And I think that it's almost like a reactive thing where we're drawn to that person. And that's why it seems so powerful. We do have control over it when we're aware of what the pull is about that that can change our reaction. But if we're not, it just feels like this magic thing. This person's magical and we want to be near them. Yeah. I, 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 I also like referent power because it feels like it is more controllable, mm-hmm. that one could and can develop their referent control under other than other unlike legitimate power where either you have it or you don't have mm-hmm. it you know um you can through um knowledge and research yeah. and likability and mm-hmm. interpersonal relationships and curiosity and empathy and all of those things right. you can build your own referent power which yeah. feels very like <sighs> diy i like that <laughs> so uh, what are some ways that makes someone more persuasive. Can you can you give me at least one secret about how to become more persuasive? Yes, I can. I this is really important and it might seem like it's against conventional wisdom like you have to do something in particular, but really one of the best ways to be a persuasive person to have influence is to be a great listener. And I, I think that's one of the key ways. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that when you are an, a mindful listener, you understand where the other person or, the, or your audience is coming from. You, you recognize what's important to them. And you, you, know, you hear what's important to them in what they say and even in what they don't say. And that's one of the best ways that we connect. We're, we're often... If we're on the other end of this, we're often persuaded by people that um, show similarity to us, that either in their beliefs or their perspectives, their values, for example. And so, if we listen, we, you know, we'll we'll hear those things as the persuader. And um, so that's, I think, that's probably the like the biggest key is to be a great listener, so you can be a great influencer. Yeah, I I really like the work of. Um Dr. David Rock, the neuroscience work around yeah. around persuasion and how we motivate others using neuroscience. Right. Maybe we should do a podcast on that. Okay. Okay, well, let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it. Maybe we'll call him. Let's <laughs> okay. invite him on. Um, you mentioned something when you were talking about using mindful listening mm-hmm. as a means of being persuasive, which which got at something that you taught me mm-hmm. about how to use the values of the other person yeah. in order 
to truly be persuasive. Can you speak for a minute or two about that? Yes. So a few years ago, there was an article by these researchers in the New York Times called The Key to Political Persuasion. And I just noticed I've been using that word key a lot. But in The Key to Political Persuasion, they speak to this notion of using values to be persuasive. And so again, we we come from our uh, beliefs and our values and and act in, from those positions. And um, what often happens when we're trying to, when others are trying to convince us to do something or to believe in something that we don't, it's because they're coming from a different set of values or a different set of perspectives. So the researchers found that if you can, it's almost like a translation of values. So you take the same argument at the time in the study, they used, I think, gun control and uh, same-sex marriage. And so they took the same issues, but they, but they worded them according to the values of the people that they were talking to. And they were much more persuaded <laughs> if, it was, if the argument was presented in those terms. And I think that sometimes it's so we hold on to our values so uh, strongly we think we're being inauthentic if we use different values to to couch an argument. But the thing is, it's like I said before, it's a translation. It's it's, it's almost like a language translation. Mm -hmm. It's a way to make it more understandable. Mm -hmm. And I also believe it's a way to widen perspective. I think that's what's important for persuasion is too, too, that we widen our perspective, that we can see things um, deeper and wider than just our own narrow worldview. And that's what is convincing to me when I, when somebody presents an argument and I can see, I can hear that they, they see all sides of the argument, but they still believe strongly in this particular thing. Then I find that a lot more convincing. Mm -hmm. We've already mentioned some of the literature that's out there. Would you have some book recommendations to any of our listeners who might want to dive more deeply into the literature around persuasion and influence? Sure. I think that Robert Cialdani, he's been kind of, I think, one of the most uh, prolific and uh, interesting researchers around influence mm -hmm. and persuasion. So he recently came out with a book called Persuasion, and so that's interesting. And and we're using that for our influence workshop. And also, I really like the Heath brothers. Uh, Dan and Chip Heath wrote Made to Stick, and they've written a couple other books. But Made to Stick is really concrete about ways to make your message stickier is the term they use. And if you look at persuasion, Chaldani's persuasion, the thing, you know, we need ideas to be sticky because if it's in our minds, we're often more persuaded if just the idea is sort of planted. Mm. And so using those two in concert can be, I think, enlightening. Mm. If you want to know more. Excellent. So let's forget what the ivory tower says. And, um, <laughs> I just want to think about your personal experience. You've worked with quite a few high influencers, and I'm wondering whether or not you've noticed any habits that they all seem to have in common. I think 
that one, I don't know if it's a habit as much as it's something I notice about them is that they, they get things done. Mm. They're, they manage to get things accomplished. Um, and also the fact that they're, they have a persistence about them. So they're also likable. So they're, people are drawn to them. They have charisma and they believe in what they're talking about. Um, and they definitely push for it. And just the fact that they might come to work wisdom for more help to be more, uh, to, to have better messaging or to learn what are those things that I can do to, to be, uh, more charismatic and to draw people to me more. Um, you know, I think that that, I think that that shows their persistence and desire to, to accomplish maybe more than other people. <laughs> yeah. They, they seem hungry still. Yeah. yeah. Right. They seem so accomplished and, we're, and we want to say, why are you here? <laughs> right. But yeah, but they're still hungry to learn. I don't want to put you on the spot, but one, what one piece of advice would you give me if I wanted to become more influential, which of course I do want, where should I begin? And I'm also curious, why haven't you told me this before? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, off the record. <laughs> Just between you and me. Just between you and me. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing that you can do is to practice empathy. And this is not surprising. And the research seems to reflect this as well, that being empathetic can make you more influential, can make you a lot more persuasive. And if you think about what empathy is, you're putting yourself in the shoes of, of another person. So you're able to see their perspective. You're able to understand their feelings and, and what they're going through. You can speak to their needs, to their pain points. And so I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's quite an intentional practice and requires listening, of course, like we talked about before. But it is it is really helpful mm-hmm. and it's what i would tell anyone really mm-hmm. if they wanted to have more influence but me especially but you especially <laughs> all right you can turn the <laughs> you can turn it back on <laughs> uh, it dovetails so nicely with what you were saying before about values couching your case in mm-hmm. the values of the other person so you 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 know you would be um, far more successful at doing that if you had done the bracketing work right to feel what they feel um because then then it would be easy to switch gears and speak from their values well sarah i am truly grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace to enhance their individual and collective team performance thank you listeners for downloading the behaviorist and we hope you'll subscribe stream our next episode where we dive into authentic communication so that we can become more successful, organized, confident leaders and teammates. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Work Wisdom Productions, ask questions and make suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMello. A newly married couple said, what shall we do to make our love endure? 
said the master, love other things together. Thank you.